Welcome back to the Al Dente podcast. We are back with the OG crew. We've got myself, Elaine, John, and Yanni here today. We are all a bit rattled because we have just received a very important announcement today regarding our university study. So this podcast is being recorded on Wednesday the 18th of March and all news that will be described today will be accurate to this date. Um, in other exciting news, we have improved our setup. So instead of the classic iPhone on the table at the HMS, we have now received a microphone that has been kindly loaned by our IT executive, Andreas Katoris. So thank you so much to you, Andreas, if you're listening. Um, so what's ironic is that our recording actually failed initially so I am re-recording this introduction just with myself um, because there was a little bit of an audio um, issue that happened in the first minute or so. So the topic that we are discussing today is something that has dominated our conversations with each other, our family and our friends, especially since the announcement that was made last Thursday by the World Health Organization or WHO. If that, or of course the title of this pod doesn't give it away, um, today's topic is coronavirus or more accurately COVID-19, which was declared a pandemic last Thursday. This is something that definitely concerns everybody, not just us as dental students. So we thought that it would be an important topic to discuss today on this pod. And today, um, just about an hour or so ago, an email was just sent out to all dental students and in fact, all students in the Faculty of Health and Medical Sciences at the University of Adelaide that placements um, will be cancelled um, starting from tomorrow. So, yeah, big news, something that we've sort of been expecting for a while now, but here it is. So just to help you guys wrap your heads around what exactly um, coronavirus now, the official name is COVID-19, will be. This is what this pod is for. We've got um, John and Yanni have been doing their own research um, in the past few days just so that we can keep it as updated as possible because things are changing essentially by the minute. Um, so, yeah, like I said, this is recorded on Wednesday. So the information that we're presenting today will be as accurate uh, as to this date. So in terms of um, dentistry, so at the University of Adelaide, so yeah, just then we got the email saying that all clinics will be canceled for the foreseeable future. Um, and we've also canceled a fair few events. Um, John had to make the tough decision along with his events committee and the rest of the committee to cancel upcoming camp, um, as well as the other uh, the other portfolios including student affairs who have cancelled a couple lectures and that's just to keep us as safe as possible and to comply with uh, self-isolation measures so again we are not we are not professionals in this field we've just done our research um, at home by ourselves just because it's a topic that interests us and it's a topic that we think everyone should be interested in and should be um, concerned about because it does involve public health not only for yourself but for the greater community and it's important that everybody in the community does their role and does their best to understand what is going on what the situation is and what we can do to minimize our risk so. i just also <laughs> like to add a disclaimer at this point so as elaine said we're not professionals on this topic um but myself yanni and elaine have been doing extensive research in the past couple of days uh, myself for the last week i've been reading and listening to as many resources as i can so just so you know today it won't be a hot takes podcast won't be that opinionate opinion based it'll be uh, strictly referencing professionals and reputable sources 
the likes of which are, um, for example, um, the Washington Post, the Atlantic, the New York Times. World Health Organization as well. Exactly right, Yanni. And the Australian uh, government, government, (laughs) health.gov, a plethora of other resources as well. And the aim of this podcast is pretty much to just give listeners just a baseline knowledge of what they should know about COVID-19, what they should know about the virus and how it spreads. Uh, why we're implementing uh, social distancing measures and uh, what we mean by flattening the curve amongst a plethora of other topics today. So um, hopefully this just gives you a little bit of a better knowledge on uh, what we're currently dealing with in the world today. All right. So um, that's all. That's the introduction and we get stuck into it. So Yanni, what exactly is coronavirus or COVID-19? Okay, so coronavirus, or COVID-19, belongs to a family of viruses, or coronaviruses. So these can cause like a, a variety of uh, illnesses, ranging from the common cold to more severe diseases like Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, or MERS, and Severe Acute Respiratory Syn- Syndrome, or SARS, which are... Um, yeah, I'm just like yeah. lost it. Yeah. No, that's Don't want to cut that out. Yeah, we'll um, cut this out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, Okay, so, um, yeah, which are some of the more severe instances of coronaviruses in recent memory. So, coronaviruses are zoonotic, meaning that they are transmitted between animals and people. Um, Now, there's a lot of speculation around where it originated. Uh, We think it's best for this podcast. Uh, We had a brief conversation before the pod Mm -hmm. started, uh, just to focus on what we know for sure, stick to the facts surrounding transmission and so on. So I just wanted to give a brief overview before we got stuck into the rest of it uh, about um, you know, the total number of confirmed cases uh, and uh, deaths and so on in uh, different areas of the world. So currently in China, we are up to, um, uh, this is the uh, coming from the um, World Health Organization Situation Report uh, published on the 17th of this month, so it's quite recent. Um, so in China, we have 81,116 total confirmed cases at this point. Um, with 39 new new cases since uh, since the 16th, uh, and at this point we're dealing with about 3,231 deaths. So um, that's probably the the largest uh, uh, sort of largest numbers that we're looking at. I think that's followed by Italy, where we now have 26 sorry 27,980 cases of coronavirus or COVID-19. Um, that's with um, 3,233 new cases. So you can see that uh, in China, things are starting to slow down a bit, whereas in Italy, it's, it's ramping up. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of deaths uh, in Italy, it's a, a quite large number as well. So that's 2,503. Um, so it's uh, getting quite severe over there. Uh, so going to Australia now, we have 375 total confirmed cases with 77 new cases since the 16th. Uh, and five total deaths uh, for that here in Australia. Okay, mm-hmm. so in terms of other countries that we're going to talk about, so Singapore as well. I think we have a small Singaporean audience. So uh, we have 243 total confirmed cases. Um, new cases since the, since the 16th is zero, and uh, total deaths is zero as well. So Singapore has been dealing uh, with COVID-19 quite well. Okay, uh, were there any others that we want to go into? Okay. No, you've pretty covered it, you've covered them all. Okay. So, uh, in terms of um, who should be worried about it, um, 
people of all ages can be infected by COVID-19. So I think it's important to take precautions uh, no matter what age you are, no matter what sort of risk you think you're, uh, you have uh, with regards to coronavirus. Um, but of course, older people, people with pre-existing uh, medical conditions such as asthma, diabetes and heart disease uh, are a bit more vulnerable when it comes to uh, coronavirus. Um, now, I think it's important to go into some of the symptoms of COVID-19. So uh, the typical ones are fever, tiredness and a dry cough. But some patients may also have uh, aches and pains, nasal congestion, runny nose, uh, sore throat or diarrhea. So um, it's important to keep in mind that these symptoms usually begin uh, as quite mild and are quite gradual in the beginning. Uh, and that some people that you know, uh, become infected may not uh, develop any symptoms at all. So um, yeah, it's important to keep in mind that uh, you know, if you've been in contact with someone but don't yet show any symptoms, you might still be at risk. So it's important to um, get yourself to a GP and, uh, and get that checked out. Um, now, uh, also important to note is that uh, around one in six people who uh, gets COVID-19 becomes seriously ill and uh, develops difficulty breathing. So um, in the event that you have uh, you know, a fever, cough and difficulty breathing, you should seek urgent medical attention. Now, in terms of some of the personal protective measures, I know John has some uh, information on this as well, but uh, just a sort of uh, brief sort of intro to the recommendations. Um, so in terms of personal protective measures, uh, regular hand washing is very important, covering mouth and nose when coughing and sneezing, uh, avoiding close contact with anyone showing symptoms of respiratory illness, such as coughing and sneezing. Um, and also, I think it's been recommended by the Australian government to uh, implement social distancing and self-isolating if you're showing symptoms or, uh, and or have been in contact with someone confirmed to have the virus. Um, so something that uh, has developed recently as well, it's now possible to have video consultations with your GP or online consultations. Uh, if you believe you may have the virus and aren't comfortable uh, sort of going out in public um, uh, and taking yourself out of self-isolation, then we can definitely recommend that as, uh, as an option for you. So I think now I'll hand it over to John, who'll go into a brief timeline of, uh, of coronavirus. So, um, guys, just another thing that I think is worth clarifying here as well. I'd just like to uh, identify what the difference is between the virus and the disease. As you've probably heard on the COD podcast, we've been saying a lot of what COVID-19 is. So COVID-19 is the disease that is caused by the virus, severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2, also known as SARS-CoV-2. So SARS-CoV-2 is the virus that causes COVID-19, and that's the disease that Yanni was discussing. Now, uh, the spread and the signs and the symptoms, Yanni's covered a lot of the signs and symptoms, but COVID-19 is primarily spread through respiratory droplets. So to become infected, people generally must be within six feet of somebody who's contagious and come in contact with these droplets. It may be possible that a person can get COVID-19 also by touching a surface or object that the virus has contaminated and then touching their face. So you've probably heard in the media as well, stop touching your face a lot. That's really, really the reason. So. Um, but this is not thought to be the main way the virus spreads. It's usually through the aforementioned droplets. So as Yanni said, um, the symptoms, uh, runny nose, cough, fever, um, they may appear within two to 14 days after exposure. And um, yeah, it can lead in some severe cases, as Yanni said, one in six can lead to infections such as uh, pneumonia, which is the filling the lungs with the fluid. And that's the one that has been quite tricky to manage uh, of recent times. So what I really want to explain at the moment and why COVID-19 is um, 
well worth knowing about in a sense. Uh, I'll first refer to a podcast I've listened to recently, recently called the Jolly Swagman podcast. So, um, converse to what the name may suggest, it's not jolly at all. The podcast's name was In the Foothills of a Pandemic, and it was hosted by Joe Walker, and he had a special guest uh, with the name Yanir Bayam, a physicist and founder of the New England Complex Systems. Now. All you need to know about this Bayam character is incredibly switched on. And the reason I've selected this source here is because he he really distilled in this podcast the most complex of ideas about this virus into the simplest of words. And the crazy thing is this podcast was recorded on March 8th. I listened to it on the 10th of March and already the numbers are way, 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 way out of date. But he explains what's meant by the R0 value and I think that's really important to bring up as well. So this value R0 means if somebody has the coronavirus, uh, an infected person, how many people do they transmit the, the disease to, assuming that there's no immunity in the population? Now, in this podcast, he said that his best assumption was between three and four. Now, this was a quarter on March 8th, so currently that number's, number's hovering around between two and 2.5. So I think on average it's about 2.2, this Arnold value. What that means is, say if I have coronavirus, I will on average infect 2.2 people in the population. So... The good thing is the R0 value is dropping with measures taken by uh, governments around the world uh, with regards to social distancing measures and social isolation of those that have been infected. Uh, I will just jump in here and say that uh, the common cold uh, has an R0 value of 1.3. So you can see from that that it's um, it's more con- or COVID-19 yeah. is, is way more contagious than the common cold. Yeah. yeah. And that's what Bayam in his podcast was trying to suggest, that it is incredibly contagious. Thank, for, yeah, thank you, Vianney, for uh, jumping in there. So you can see there that we've got, you know, the world's got quite a problem in their hands and that's why it was declared a pandemic by the WHO um, a couple of days ago. So one thing I brought up just then is the idea of social distancing. So as I said, I'll be referring to a lot of uh, resources in this podcast. Um, uh, just listen back, click through them. They'll be, you know, available to the uh, public. For example, the really good thing as well, um, I might touch on just here, um, websites such as the Washington Post, New York Times, they've dropped their paywalls with uh, coronavirus articles as well. They've made them free to the public, which is a really good sign. Uh, so it just means that you can get um, the best of the information from the best journalists um, anytime you please. And I just want to particularly draw your attention to one article that, for lack of a better word, went viral as a result of public figures like Barack Obama sharing on their social media accounts. Uh, It's by the Washington Post and is simply called Why Outbreaks Like Coronavirus Spread Exponentially and How to Flatten the Curve. And it was by Harry Stevens, who, of all things, is a graphics reporter for the Post. So I advise everybody that's listening to this to read this article and just have a look at it. It's really quick, really simple, and most importantly, has some really helpful simulations with bouncing balls to help contextualize the situation at hand and what measures can be done to curb the spread of the virus. So what Stevens does in this article is he simulates different scenarios in order to show why it's necessary to implement measures such as social distancing to prevent exponential growth of the virus in our communities. Now, I'll get back to the Washington Post article in a moment, but let's unpack what I mean by that. So exponential spread is basically just in one word to say more and more and more rapidly. So pretty much those really steep curves that you studied in say year 11 and 12 mass, that's where exponential means. It's a really, really steep curve. So social social distancing measures, you've probably heard of them in the broader news now. Uh, The Australian government in the new social distancing guidelines statement puts it nice and simple. The more space you and others, the more space between you and others, the harder it is for the virus to spread. Now, we haven't quite reached that stage yet and some other countries in declaring a house lockdown that is staying at home. 
so we still have to be mindful. And some of those measures include practicing good hygiene, covering coughs and sneezes, staying one and a half meters away from other people, and using alcohol-based sanitizers. This is just to name a couple of the measures. Moreover, staying at home, stopping handshaking, and um, you know, electing for elbow bumps and you know, uh, feet taps as opposed to uh, uh, other more intimate measures, and avoiding large me- meetings and cleaning and disinfecting the workplace and home surfaces are some of the other measures you can uh, you can implement to spread the. Um, to reduce the spread of germs. And so as simple as you can put it in this sense, less contact between you and other people helps slow the spread of the virus. Anything you guys want out at this point? No, I think that was a pretty good summary. (laughs) Cool, cool. So just going back to the Stevens Washington Post simulations. So what he actually did was he had four simulations. And what he did was he put 200 bouncing balls in a uh, closed box. And it's just, you know, a 2D representation of starting off with one sick, sick person visualized by a brown bouncing ball and 199 healthy patients. So the first simulation was conducted with no social measures taking place. This means that all systems go as usual, no social distancing measures taking place, no quarantine measures taking place. And what this simulation showed was all 200 bouncing balls ended up becoming sick very, very quickly before recovering very, very slowly over time. The second simulation was of forced quarantine, like the one imposed by the Hubei province in China, the epicenter of the virus. Effectively, the sick ball was trapped on one side of the screen with a bunch of other healthy balls, and it was separated by a barrier with a lot of uh, healthy balls, until unfortunately that barrier was broken, and pretty much, although it slowed the virus, 129 of their bouncy balls ended up becoming sick. But you would begin to see is a slowing spread of the virus if we take these measures. And the third and fourth simulations are ways of showing how the power of social distancing is very powerful in slowing the virus' spread. Instead of there being a barrier between the sick and healthy balls, some of the balls stopped completely to symbolize social distancing. Effectively, these simulations displayed how more social distancing keeps even more people healthy. Reducing the opportunities for gathering helps uh, for gathering helps folks social distance. Drew Harris said in the article. So this uh, Drew Harris is a, a population and health researcher and assistant professor at the Thomas Jefferson University College. So this explains why the Australian government has restricted the number of people. I believe now I've written in my notes yeah. it's 500, but it's now 100 and non-essential gatherings from this morning, uh, which is geez, uh, March. 18. Crazy how the information is just developing as uh, a, you know day by day, hour by hour, even sometimes minute by minute. Um, with more restrictions to be expected in the coming weeks, uh, like the bouncing balls in the simulation, the coronavirus will spread more through human networks, throughout families and workplaces. As Stephen said, a single person's behaviour can have ripple effects that touch faraway people. Cool and dramatic, but he has a point. Take precautions, engage in social distancing, and hopefully we can slow the spread of the virus down. So another thing that I also want to add here is slowing the spread of the virus has also been referred to colloquially as flattening the curve. You've probably seen some people sharing on Facebook, they're even changing their profile pictures to it. And there's even a hashtag flatten the curve um, hashtag out on Instagram, uh, popularized in part by Greta Thunberg, the uh, young climate activist from Sweden. But with her hashtag, she posts a graph from ourworldanddata.org. Now, I'm not, you know, this is not aiming to give Greta Thunberg the biggest shout out here, but I just want to draw particular attention to the graph that she posted. It's a simple graph, again, like the ones you'd learn in school, and on the vertical axis was the number of virus cases, and on the horizontal axis was the time taken, or time since the virus outbreak. And on the graph, there are two curves. There's one really steep curve that occurs really quickly. This represents the development of the pandemic if no measures are taken to slow the spread. So essentially, lots of people get the virus really, really quickly. 
Also plotted was a longer, flatter, and some would say fat curve. This one is the good one. There are a similar amount or less cases spread across a longer period of time. The reason we want this flat curve is because there was also a horizontal line which cut across the steep graph. That horizontal line represents the capacity of the healthcare system. Now, I'd also like to bring you to another resource. Uh, the New York Times run a podcast called The Daily, and it pretty much covers um, it, 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 one podcast every day, and it current, um, covers um, current affairs of all sorts. Now, recently, obviously, it's been covering a lot of uh, coronavirus news, and they recently just put up a podcast and the podcast literally called in inverted commas, It's Like a War. And in that podcast, they interviewed Fabiano Di Marco, professor of the University of Milan, head respiratory unit of a, hosp a hospital, Papa Giovanni Ventitresimo of Bergamo, town close to Milan, northern Italy. Yes, I did do Italian in year 12. <laughs> Bit of accent work for me there. But effectively, the key thing in this podcast was that as head of the respiratory unit there and head of, the, uh, head of that unit, the wards have transformed, the entire hospital's transformed. As Yanni pointed to earlier, been, there's been a steep, uncontrolled rise in cases in Italy, particularly northern Italy as well, and every day this one hospital is receiving 50 to 70 patients with severe respiratory failure in a huge hospital with a 1,000 beds. Now, that, that's great, but 50 to 70 cases a day are being received presenting with severe pneumonia and respiratory failure. So this hospital has completely has to change their dynamics and they're having to choose um, between which patients to save as well because between the five wards that are running coronavirus clinics, 350 patients are presenting with respiratory failure as a result of COVID-19. So more than 50% of this hospital that uh, Professor DiMarco is working at is committed to these patients. And he even put it in, and I'm paraphrasing his quote, they have hundreds of patients for tens of beds. So their resources are being outstripped by the number of patients that they have. So what healthcare professionals and epidemiologists, uh, epidemiologists rather, and government officials are trying to get at is flatten the curve, slow the spread of the virus, keep the number of cases below the number of hospital beds, doctors, gloves, masks, ventilators, so we can manage each patient accordingly. If the number of cases exceed the healthcare capacity, the situation could worsen very quickly. So I think these are some resources that I think it's well worth looking into, but even if you don't want to look into them, I've you know, done a little bit of explaining for you. So right, back to you guys. <laughs> Yeah, so there's definitely uh, a whole bunch of information for you guys. Essentially, in a summary, keep to yourself. Try and, ex uh, try and keep your interactions with other people to a minimum, um, simply so that when this virus spreads, it will inevitably spread. At least our healthcare systems can cope with the number of cases that are presenting to hospitals. And th this is the least that we can do as members of the community. And even if you're not concerned for yourself, be concerned for uh, perhaps other members of your family and other members of the community. So just a couple of small measures that you can do. Just try, yeah, try keep at home. Try and keep your hands washed and clean, try and not touch your face. And if you are experiencing any sort of flu-like symptoms, um, whether that be a fever, dry cough, um, a sneeze, anything like that, there is a hotline that you can call, which is the Australian Coronavirus Hotline, which I have lost in the stock now. 
guys, we, yeah, this went this this went to a seventeen page document <laughs> just based off our own research of coronavirus. The Australian government's national coronavirus helpline is one eight hundred zero two zero zero eight zero. Please call them if you want more information. So that was at the very bottom of the document, Elaine. <laughs> Thank um, you. All good. So. Yeah, so even just whilst John was talking, there was new updates to the Australian statistics. So I think there was 57 new cases in New South Wales and 21 in Victoria, and there was one new death today. So um, even with numbers, try not to get too fixated on those. There will be a lot of news coming out, um, like we said, pretty much every few seconds there's a new update. Um, but what The best thing to do is just to stay calm, don't panic. Um, I think I was watching this YouTuber, Dr. Mike, who is a doctor in US, in the USA, and he's been giving these updates every few days or weeks or so. And his catchphrase is to stay alert, but not anxious. So at this stage, what we want to do is just prevent this virus from getting to a worse um, state like that has occurred in, say, Italy. Um, so we want to avoid that the best that we can. So these are just a couple steps that the Australian government, the WHO, are recommending um, so that we can cope with this new state of the world, really. Um, it's not something that we haven't seen before. We had the SARS, epi- uh, I think it was epidemic. Yes. In yeah. Hong Kong in 2002, and then later on the MERS. Um, I'm not sure if that was epidemic or pandemic, but I think it was epidemic that occurred in... Uh, I think uh, 2015 was the, the outbreak in yes. South Korea. That's correct, yeah. Wait, South Korea? Yes. South Korea, yeah. But it originated, <laughs> I think, in uh, Saudi Arabia in yes. 2012. That's yes. when it was first documented. But there was an uh, outbreak later, a few years later. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not something that we haven't seen before, but um, it's just something that we have to adapt and manage to. So I know you guys are probably stuck at home now. Um, just find something to do at home, maybe read a book, maybe try and learn a new language like Yanni and I have decided to um, polish up our respective Greek and Chinese whilst we're at home um, yeah you know there's lots of online measures that you can take to contact people um, whether that be you know through your regular social media outlets or anything like that the main thing is just yeah just if it's not essential please try and keep to yourselves um, for the safety of everybody in Australia and the world um, anything else that you guys want to add? I just want to add two things. Um, there have been a couple of videos that have been circulating on Twitter. I'm a big, I'm a big Twitter guy. It's been my main source of news for the past week or so with regards to COVID-19. Um, a big theme of this podcast for me personally has been delivering the best sources to you guys as well. So the best video I've seen um, on Twitter in the past couple of weeks and, you know, uh, on greater media at large has been from the executive director of the um, World Health Organization, Dr. Michael J. Ryan. And in 80 seconds, he was able to outline how the countries of the world can make their impact on mitigating against the spread of COVID-19. He's an Irish doctor and the chief executive director of the World Health Organization's Health Emergency Program. Uh, He's currently tasked with the international containment and treatment of COVID-19. And from the lessons he's uh, learned managing the Ebola virus in the past and the outbreaks through his career, this is some of what he had to say. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit of his speech here. And this isn't to panic anybody, but this is just directly what he said. And um, keep in mind his position in the World Health Organization. Be fast, have no regrets. You must be the first mover and you need to be prepared 
if you need to be right before you move, you will never win. Perfection is the energy of the good in emergency, is the um, enemy rather of the good in emergency management. Speed trumps perfection. The greatest error is to be paralyzed by the fear of failure. So if there's one thing you watch today, it's uh, watch this video. Seriously, just look up Dr. Michael J. Ryan's speech in Google and watch it. I came across it on Twitter. It was one of the best pieces of content I've come across these past three weeks and um, plenty of good information out there from the World Health Organization, health.gov, and um, you know, news, there's constant updates as well coming through. Uh, make, sure you, what you, make sure what you read, uh, you make, ensure that it's credible, and uh, just stay informed. Be prepared, stay safe, and stay informed on this situation as it develops over the uh, coming days, months, potentially even, you know, yeah, potentially the rest know. of the year, we don't know, so, yeah. Yanni, anything from you? No, I think uh, John wrapped it up pretty pretty nicely. Yes, guys. So do your own research. Um, Again, from a reputable source like we've tried to do today, the stats will change. Just um, stay alert. Try not to panic buy. That just puts other people who are more, um, I guess, unable to get resources. They're even now even more unable to get those resources. So... Yeah, no one wants to see empty shelves in the supermarket. I think the Australian government has also talked about that as well. So panic buying, not not recommended in, in, in this pandemic situation. And you guys stay safe, stay clean, keep up with your um, hand washing measures as we've all been taught. Um, and I guess we'll see you guys next time. See you guys soon. <laughs> see you stay next time. safe, stay well, stay gold. <laughs>